I think even as practicing Catholics, it's very easy to take on a lot of the viewpoints of modernity because we're immersed in our culture. It's hard to not be very much influenced by a lot of the, the ideas and concepts that are very much flawed. And I think one of the particular realms of this is, is, is baptism. Our modern understanding of baptism, the sacrament of baptism, we should be very careful as Catholics not to take on a cultural understanding of what baptism is. Because we live in a culture that has labeled itself post-truth. We are a relativistic culture. We are, as, as postmodern people, we kind of view all religions to be leading towards the same thing and all religions to be perfectly equal. So you got Catholicism here, you have Islam here, you got Hinduism here, and they're all good. They all kind of lead towards the same thing. This is a modern understanding. We as moderns also have an understanding of heaven that is basically, if you live a good and upright life, it doesn't really matter what religion you believe. It doesn't really matter what practices you follow in your life. Um, but if you kind of try, more or less try, you're going to get to heaven. And that conception of heaven, of course, is very kind of relative to the person who holds it. But more or less, it's just kind of, yeah, it's, life's going to go on. It's pretty much a guarantee when you die, we're all going to go to this place. I have the opportunity to work with a lot of couples preparing for marriage as a priest. And so over the past four years or so, I've had, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of, a lot of our, our couples, young couples in the church. And I always ask a lot of probing questions. I just want to see where their faith is and where they, they would like their faith to, uh, to grow to. And so usually, you know, I ask, you know, what, what's your faith life like right now? Where would you like it to be in five years? Say you have one or two children um, by that time. And so usually the, the answer to the first question is, well, you know, we get to Mass maybe every month, you know, if we're being honest, probably more like every six weeks or when I'm back at my parents' house or whatever the case may be. We would go more but it's just, it's really busy. We're very busy. If we weren't so busy, we would we'd be able to make it more. Okay. And, and, you know, to the answer of, well, why would you want, or what would you like your faith to look like in five years? The answer is typically, well, I would like my children, I would like my children to have the same moral upbringing as I have. So I want, to create a, I want to create an environment for my children that allows them to be good, moral, 
upright people, which of course is certainly positive um, and something that we should all, all strive for. If that's it though, then there is something very lacking. This view, this modern view of baptism as a kind of cultural, religious ritual among other religious rituals is not the view that, of course, St. Paul would have had. It is not the view that the Twelve would have had. It's not the view of the early church. And it was not the view of Jesus. For all of those who have come before us, leading up till today, the billions of Catholics, mostly throughout history, baptism has been a matter of life and death. Spiritual life and, and eternal death. Eternal life and eternal death. You just think about those last words that Jesus decided, of all the words that Jesus could have decided to use right before he left this earth in the ascension. Everything that Jesus said had a very specific meaning. Every word well calculated. The last words of Jesus before he ascends to the twelve. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Baptism is no small thing. The God of the universe, the God who created the, the various galaxies, life, our, our earth, and our humanity, the God who breathed life into us and gave us the capacity to make choices, have an intellect, that God became one of us and died on a cross for us so that we might receive baptism, ultimately salvation. Baptism which is the beginning of salvation, the foundation of our life as sons and daughters of God. Baptism is the way that we actually become able to receive the things that Jesus won for us. It's the beginning of our life with God in the deeper way. And we know that if we stay in a state of grace, which what the church calls a state of grace, from the moment of our starting with our baptism, we don't need to worry at all about dying because we are going to be with God and all of those who will be in heaven for all of eternity. 
Jesus paid a great price for the sacrament of baptism. The Catechism says this about baptism. Baptism seals the Christian with the indelible spiritual mark. There's this mark inside of us. Not visible, not material. Baptism seals the Christian with the indelible spiritual mark of his belonging to Christ. No sin can erase this mark, even if sin prevents baptism from bearing the fruits of salvation. At the moment of our baptism, everybody's baptism in this room, we were claimed by Jesus. We were claimed by Christ Jesus. And the power of the enemy withdrew. Jesus said, this is mine. This person is mine now. They belong to me. Baptism, at all of our baptisms, took away our original sin. It filled us with with what's called sanctifying grace. It made us members of the church and the body of Christ. So now we all have a union with one another that is very, very deep and stable. And it helped us to love God in a supernatural way and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in our lives. And so now the Holy Spirit for all of us in this church, the Holy Spirit can give us consolation, can steer, can make His his plan for our lives more visible and tangible, guiding us towards salvation. I just want to end with this, with this passage from one of my favorite saints. His name's St. Francis Xavier. And St. Francis Xavier is actually our patron saint for the Diocese of Joliet. And St. Francis Xavier was one of the greatest saints in the church's history. He was a missionary. He gave his entire life to spread the gospel. And he really had a deep understanding and a very practical understanding of the grace of the sacrament of baptism. So this is kind of a, it's a little bit of a lengthy excerpt from his diary. I promise the homily will be over after I read it. It'll be the end. Um, and so this is, this is an insight into St. Francis Xavier. Very inspiring to me. We have visited the villages of the new converts who accepted the Christian religion a few years ago. No Portuguese live here. The country is so utterly barren and poor. The native Christians have no priests. They know only that they are Christians. There's nobody to say Mass for them. Nobody to teach them the Creed, the Our Father, the Hail Mary and the commandments of God's law. I have not stopped since the day I arrived. I consciously made the rounds of the villages 
I bathed in the sacred waters all the children who had not yet been baptized. This means that I have purified a very large number of children. The older children would not let me say my office or eat or sleep until I taught them one prayer or another. Then I began to understand the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I could not refuse so devout a request. I taught them first the confession of faith in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then the Apostles' Creed, then the Our Father and the Hail Mary. I noticed among them persons of great intelligence. If only someone could educate them in the Christian way of life, I have no doubt that they would become the most excellent Christians, holy. Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for only one reason. There's nobody to make them Christians. Again and again, I have thought of going around the universities of Europe, especially Paris, and everywhere, crying out like a madman, riveting the attention of those with more learning than charity. What a tragedy. How many souls are being shut out of heaven and falling into hell thanks to you? I wish they would work as hard at this as they do at their books and so settle their account with God for their learning and the talents entrusted to them. This thought would certainly stir most of them to meditate on spiritual realities, to listen actively to what God is saying to them. They would forget their own desires, their human affairs, and give themselves entirely over to God's will and his choice. They would cry out with all their heart, Lord, I am here. What do you want me to do? Send me anywhere you like, even to India. I have a lot of Indian friends that actually say Francis Xavier is the one who, who, who they accredit their faith to, personally. St. Francis Xavier would go on to baptize and bring to the Catholic faith and belief in Jesus 30,000 human beings, himself alone, in his missionary activity. Jesus, thank you for the gift of baptism. Thank you for just, you're just unbelievable love for us in claiming us for yourselves first in creating us in giving us life in a natural way and then in a supernatural way in baptism lord help us to continue to receive the graces of that of that baptism that we've all received please continue to baptize all the nations give us the graces as a church to be missionaries to really live devout lives that are are given to you and given to our brothers and sisters and help us to not be distracted by the things of this world and miss the the things that really matter in the spiritual life lord things that are eternal not temporal we ask all these things through your holy name lord jesus amen
Let us just take a few moments in silent prayer to listen to and speak with the Lord Jesus.